All right, it's Bartender Journey episode number 25. That's kind of a milestone, huh? 25? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nice, right? Brick by brick, man. And then we got the, uh, like I was saying, 26 next week. That would be half a year. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Time flies. All right. Well, I'm Vince. He's Vano. What up? Well, this uh, drops on Tuesday. Tuesday, I will be on my way to New Orleans to Tales of the Cocktail. How about that? We're recording here on Sunday, but Tuesday when you're hearing this, I'll be on an airplane or I'll, or I'll be down there already. New Orleans. Oh, Pretty, shit. That'd be cool, right? So let me Vegas, Manhattan, and now New Orleans. That's right. On tour, bartender journey tour. That's how I roll. That's it, man. You got to come along, man. No, I, uh, I anticipate Vegas, March, I believe it's the 24th through to the 26th, 2014. I went online and uh, I put in vacation time for that, so I will be there. Nightclub and bar show, that's the... Uh, I one. believe those are the dates, don't quote so, me. Yeah, man. something like that. Yeah, that's the that's the event that John Tapper runs. That's a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, meeting so many interesting people, doing cool things, stepping up my bartending game. That, this this show is helping me, and hopefully some other people too. That's it. We got a cool email from the dude. The dude that won the contest. He wrote us a nice email. Ah, it was really cool about how. Uh, did you make notes about it? Yeah, well, yeah. He this email really uh, it blew me away. Really, it made my day. And he basically. Um, it's a long email, and I tell you the truth, I emailed him back a little quick note that I would love him to have be on the show where he could just explain it because it was such a, a great email, and I think it would inspire other listeners. But the takeaways that I have from it were um, he basically uh, he he broke it down. This guy had a plan, went on a lot of interviews. How we listening to us helped him interview and land a gig, and basically he's working at a at a club. In Miami, yeah, and how he started out at the sidebar, and now uh, he's at the main, bar. and now he's at the main bar, yeah. And bartenders are getting jealous and asking him where he learned to bartend, yeah. And he's saying bartender journey, <laughs> right? And which to me is is huge for us. I mean, that is that is really complimenting us, right? That's right. thanking us when you and I. I want that for everyone where when you when it's your time to rock and roll. And it's going to happen. And people ask you, where'd you learn to bartend? Please <laughs> plug us, man. Yeah, because that's yeah. huge. We're organic. We're locally grown. And we're, you know what I mean? We want to spread this. Yeah. Well, I liked his story going back a little further in his story. He went to bartending school. Yep. And uh, he said they emphasize speed and this and that and the other thing. They, they didn't say word one about interpersonal skills, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I guess, what we talk about more, more often. And uh, so then... The bartending school encouraged him to lie and say, I worked at a certain place, which he didn't. But he tried that on his resume in the beginning. He said he, he found he was a bad bullshitter and people were seeing right through him. He, he wasn't getting calls back with this uh, fake resume, you know, and trying to bullshit his way through. And they were asking him, what were your sales? And, how, you know, how did you set up your bar? This and the other thing. And he was just like, uh, duh, duh. So then he said after listening to our show, he uh, realized, keep it real, man. He, he, he wrote his uh, resume real the way it was you know he had experience in retail or this that the other thing and then uh but then he explained how that applied to bartending retail you know yeah. interpersonal skills uh learn to get along with the customer make the customer happy so uh but he, he he went on a few interviews right this was a long email this dude right. went on quite a few interviews and then finally landed a gig after doing trial and error yeah well he said uh he said after listening to us he decided to to keep it real he changed his resume and then uh, after that, boom, the first interview, he landed the gig. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the, the the thing with the this kid was just smart, and I, I Chris from Miami, right? Mm-hmm. And we got to You know, if he comes on the show, it's great. But he talked about like when we talked about Sinatra with the Daniels on Ice. That the where he's working, the regulars are going crazy like with that, and they're they're ordering it now. Daniels on Ice, and it's just little things like that where he just he picked up on the show and he's he's utilizing it in his game. This is a smart kid. Yeah, and you know, I just something I thought about, it, and this is after reading this his email, it made me think about bartending schools, and and I called you up and you're like, yeah. save this for the show, <laughs> but like that whole shit about lying. I, I, they, when I went back in '96, they told me when the you same went to thing. School, right? Yeah, they yeah. said you know lie, and that's how you you gain a, you know a job. And you know, after reading this kid's email, I went online. And I was looking at other bartending schools, and and that's when I told you my theory. I think, man, that some bar, and I say some because it's not all. <laughs> They're all I different. Think some bartending schools are like strip clubs. <laughs> and why I say strip clubs is because they oversell perception and they oversell expectations. And I, when I say strip club, it's like you go into a strip club, right? You walk in, right? And this beautiful girl will just grab you. She'll take you on a couch. She starts rubbing her fingers through your hair. She's kissing your cheek. She's calling you baby. She asks you how old you are. You tell her you're 30. She says, oh, you look 20. And then she asks you if you work out. She tells you you look like an uh, actor. Next thing you know, she's giving you a lap dance. I was in Vegas one time on a company um, company trip, and a bunch of my clients and coworkers went to the, the, the famous strip club mm-hmm. in Vegas. I'm not going to name the name. This girl, this dancer, told me I had I had mystical eyes. <laughs> no one has ever told me. And she's dealing with a professional here. So I said, mystical eyes. I told her I was a wizard as a day job. And she goes, really? <laughs> but uh, going back to the strip clubs, you know, you go you, you go there and you get these dances and this girl's calling you baby. She's sitting on your lap. And you're thinking like, I'm going to go home with her. <laughs> this girl really digs me. And it's not the case. You know, we talk about the Disney experience uh-huh. for bartenders. Yeah. That their ultimate goal is to make the customer have a, an unbelievable experience where they leave better. Mm-hmm. Exotic dancers have their own Disney experience. You know, yeah. I call it the "Build Me a Buttercup" experience. <laughs> what? You know, because you know, it, 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 like we have an art of the tip. They have an art of the tip. Yeah, they, oh, they're yeah. trying to give this customer an experience. Yep. and I'm not knocking it. It's their hustle. Yep. But it, it, that's all it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And going back to bartending school, bartending school, some of them make you think that, hey, you come to me for eight weeks, yep. I'm going to make you a bartender. Not only am I going to make weekend, you- a weekend, some of them. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> a fucking weekend. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah. So you come to me in a weekend or, or eight weeks, I'm going to make you a bartender, and you're going to walk in, and you're just going to roll in, you're going to lie about experience, and you're going to get a job at a bar and club. Now, let me tell you something, man. I graduated bartending school in July on a Saturday, mm-hmm. okay? That following Saturday, I was working in a fucking nightclub. Yeah. If you listen to the show, you know the story, so I'm going to get right to the point. I did horrible. Mm-hmm. I went to this nightclub. I got a, I get a gig with no experience. Yeah. I'm working. Only experience I had was what I learned in the bartending school. Right. But I studied. I yeah. But it, you couldn't equate that to actually working live. Yeah, you took it seriously. But I, I choked. Yeah. I did horrible. And after I was done, there were three brothers that owned the club. They were from Queens. And they were sort of on the connected side, if you get my drift. <laughs> Good fellas, right? <laughs> so I go to the three brothers. I go to the oldest brother. And I said, listen, I, after, I was humiliated because yeah. I did horrible. So I walk in. I said, listen, I'm done. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry I wasted your time. 
and I'm about to leave, and he stops me and he says, "What are you talking about? You've had heart and balls. You're in." And, right. and I worked there for a year and a half. But I got to tell you something. If he didn't stop me, mm-hmm. I probably would have never bartended it again because I was so <laughs> dejected, wow. so humiliated from that experience. Yeah. And so pivotal I, moment. Yeah, because bartending is. It's a journey, man. That's why we call it the bartender journey. And it takes it takes time yeah. to find yourself, right. to find your flair. And you don't rush that. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? So bartending school is cool. Yeah. But you gotta go with realistic expectations and and um and realities because if not, man, sometimes expectations can be a down payment on resentment mm-hmm. and frustration. Yeah. So utilize bartending school as, hey man, I'm working on my foundation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to network. And then I'm going to work um, the, the circuit. I'm going to work on my craft. And you're not a bartender. It takes years to call yourself a bartender. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not necessarily knocking bartending schools no, but in just, general. But uh, but to equate it to something else, like let's say a doctor. You don't, you don't go to, you know, you go through a lot of school to become a doctor. But then after, then you become an intern, right? You don't get out of school and become a doctor. Well, dude, right? it's like martial arts. Yeah. You know how many places I see where you come to me in two <laughs> months, you're a fighter. That's not the case, man. Yeah. Yeah. It takes years to work on that craft. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for bartender. It takes time and, and just enjoy the journey is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And, you know, you can learn a lot. If you can bartend in school, I recommend it. If you can go to it, absolutely. Yeah. But have realistic expectations and right. embrace the journey. Like embrace the rush, embrace the journey. You know? And, and, yeah. And draw, for, draw from uh, as many different uh, influences as you can. Our show, books. Oh, man, this book. i got to show you this book, the Dale DeGroff book. Dale DeGroff was mentioned in yes. the uh, Hey Bartender movie. I got his book. It's fucking great, man. It's a great book. I'm, I'm reading it cover to cover. It's, it's awesome. I want to you I like the bar out. out, please. Yeah. And just nothing, man, that lying, about lying, yeah. that experience, don't ever do that because you don't want to be known as a liar. That's like being known as a thief mm. in this industry because especially if you're in a small area or whatever, yeah. word gets around and everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Just keep it real. Yeah, yeah. Well, it worked for Chris, yeah. you know. I mean, that was real life case study of that. He he tried. He applied to ten, ten different places with a fake resume, fake uh, fake um, stuff he was talking about in the interview. It didn't work for him. He changed his resume to be real, which showed no experience in a restaurant yeah. business, and he landed the first gig. So, hey, props to you, man. Nah, I think it's great. It made my literally, Chris. That that email made my day, and I think it hopefully it inspires other people. Yeah. All right, drum roll, drum roll. If you uh, saw our website, uh, we have drinks up there. Ah. Drinks that bar- all bartenders should know. Yeah. We should count them up. I, you know, I, I think it's 50, a over 60. Just right. like, like 61. We'll say 50 bartender, 50 drinks every bartender should know. Or but, <laughs> Yeah. And let's just start off by saying it's not gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not gospel. We put it up there to help people that are starting out. And if you go on websites, you'll see... It, you know, you could you could take a Cape Cod. It, it's made differently. Mm-hmm. So it's just please. It's not gospel. It came from your bartending book, right? It came from, from my bartending from, book. From, how from bartending I learned, school. and these this is how I make the drinks. And as you go along, you may tweak them. You may pour more. You may pour less. You put a great header on top of that, where yeah. we did it conservatively. But ask your bar manager. Yeah, your your recipe said uh, one ounce of most drinks. Yeah. So, you know, if I did that at my bar, forget about it. the customers would kick me in the balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I rather them 
underpour versus they go a place and they overpour, and you, you you're aware of that you you look into that. You know, yeah, and really, the the manager should tell you how much the house pours, yeah. whether it's an ounce and a quarter, ounce and a half, whatever it is. Yep. They, there should be a standard. I, in practice, I've found that's not done very often. You know, and I'm I'm not gonna personally. I'm not gonna ask because if they, if they're gonna hold me to it, you know, I yeah. you know I want to have a little flexibility where a customer is uh, you know a good customer, you pour them a little more, than or, you, or somebody who you you know can't hold their liquor so good, you're gonna pour them less. You know. It's a gray area. Yeah. Okay. It's a gray area, and you can go to six different bars, and six different bartenders will make that drink differently. Last night, I had these young girl. There was like six young girls, and I I proved them all. They were twenty one and twenty two years old, and they're drinking <laughs> silly drinks, uh, blueberry vodka with cranberry juice. Something. <laughs> Another one. There was like six six different girls. They all had a flavored vodka with. Um, cranberry juice, and each one wanted a different flavored vodka. So one's cherry. <laughs> it was stupid. But anyway, point is, and they're ordering at, at my bar. You can get a um, pint glass size. You know, you can get a, the regular size, or you can get a pint glass, and it's more cost cost efficient for the for the customer to get the uh, the, the pint glass size. Yep. So they're ordering these, you know, pint size drinks, and it, it, even though it's a big glass, there's a lot of ice in it, so it's not as strong as as you might think, but. They're young and they're getting, you know, sloppy pretty quick, you know. So, uh, I, you know, we started pouring them light. Plus, they're not tipping because they're so young. They're, you know, yeah. if you get a, if you get a dollar around, you're lucky from these girls. So, um, you know, we started pouring them light, and uh, it comes the pint size glass comes with a big straw. So we pour, you know, pour a little drop right in the straw. So they think they're getting something. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So. Um, that's how it goes. Like but you say, I, it's I a gray area. St- st- stop right there. What you're just talking about is an experienced bartender. And any father out there that has daughters yeah. is listening to you right. is saying, thank God. I mean, mm-hmm. that you're seeing this and you're preventing it. Like they weren't out of control, but there was. The, they were, I didn't know who was driving. I exactly. Mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want any of them that's, driving. That's excellent judgment. You know, and you 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 learn that as you went along, but I, I think that's great. Yeah, and they're yeah. thinking in their mind it's like a placebo, and you know you were governing what they were, how much they were taking. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, and that's you, noble, my friend. Well, thank you, Vano. And you were asking too about um, have I had to cut off anybody off at this place yet? Yeah. And uh, so far, no. But there was a, a biker dude came in by himself late last night. He was, you know, he was not a he was. Not young, we'll put it that way. <laughs> and he was like touchy feely with everybody in the bar, guys, girls, everything, but including these young 21, 22 year old girls that he's being touchy feely. And I'm like, and we don't have a bouncer, you know, it's just up to me. And on Saturday, there's two of us. So it's up to the two bartenders to, yeah. to watch over everything. And it's, you know, it was like, this guy, I don't know. And one table got up and left because of him. And they were good customers, regulars, nice people, guy, and two girls. I said, I said, is he okay? He's like, they're like, uh, not really. We're leaving because See, I, of him. I, I don't agree with with that as a um, as a, an establishment. If you had an establishment, which I we talked about, you probably will have. Maybe we'll see. Would you? Wouldn't you pay for a bouncer? I think on a on a Saturday night there should be a bouncer. You know, so, yeah. just someone you, you need that, yeah. that presence. I mean, I mean, this guy, this was a big biker dude. He yeah. was he was like two eighty. You know, six foot three. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I can't even stand up to that. You know, nah, so absolutely. it's like, you know, I didn't, I, 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 I felt like 
if I approached him to try to get him hands off, it's just going to escalate the situation even worse. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, so, but there was one girl, um, sir, anybody that works there when they're off hours uh, is allowed to hang out there and, and drink for half price. So uh, there was a, one of the servers was there with her boyfriend and he was, he was a big guy and he kind of um, picked up on it and he, he started hanging out with this guy, you know, hey, let's go out for a cigarette, whatever. And he, he really helped us oh, out. That was actually. cool. And he, you know, he was, he was a big guy. He was like six foot four, yeah. six foot five. So uh, I don't know. Helped. You need, you need, you got to pay for that. Yeah. Well, you know, here we are. But um, like I say, most nights I'm there by myself. Yeah. Saturday night, there's two of us, but I'm the, you know, I'm the bartender, manager, bouncer, uh, you know, everything. So, you know, what, the only backup I have is to call 911. You know, it wasn't that it wasn't at that level, you know, and not to mention, I didn't want the cops in my bar because then everybody's going to fucking leave and get nervous. Right. Yeah. So, like, what's the situation? Well, what do you do? You know, my friend drinks free at the, the bar doesn't exist anymore. But my friend used to drink free at this bar. And uh, I used to ask him, you know, I never knew the story. Yeah. He said he walked in one night. And this guy was beating the shit out of him, out of mm-hmm. a bartender. And mm-hmm. the bartender was by himself. And mm-hmm. my friend walked in and helped him. Yeah. Just, you know, and the bartender never forgot it. And that yeah. guy drank free every time he walked in because he saved the bartender. Nice. I mean, that's, that's terrible that you got, you're, you're responsible for everything. You're making sure there's responsible serving. And you got to do with security. That's a total, that's a, that's a special entity in itself. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, but it's too bad because uh, during the day, a lot of cops hang out in there. Yeah. You know, but last night there was none, you know, and it's too, it, it wouldn't have been a problem with the, the guys that usually hang out there. There's yeah. NYPD guys hanging out in there, state troopers hang out in there a lot during, you know, like they come in happy hour time, whatever, after work. So uh, it wouldn't have been an issue if those guys were there, but they weren't there last night, yeah. you know? So anyway, that's how it goes in the bar business. You yeah. Know? That's <laughs> that's, you just got to roll with it, you know, that that's how it goes. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, that's that's a bummer, man. Let's move away from that. That's just, I hate when that happens. I've been through that. Um, you know, just going back to the drinks that are online. Um, On our website, bartenderjourney.weebly.com. That's bartender journey, no space or anything. Dot weebly, dot com. Just go through each section, memorize the drinks. Just you know, and and try to like if you, you know you go to simple drinks, know the simple drinks before you go to the next one. You know, commit them to memory. And a little thing that we talked about, like you got something like the Sours and you got Collins. Those are drinks that are great, especially if you're learning on your own, to go on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can see it. You visually see it. Well, I I, I like the way you laid it out because it's it's very um, sequential. You know, like you have uh, like the screwdriver, which everybody should know. I think my dog knows how to make a screwdriver. But then you uh, move on to Cape Cod, and then you move on to um, Greyhound and Madras and um, Salted Dog Bay Breeze. So it's very sequential, and it's I think it's easy to remember if you go in that order. It, it goes together in your in your mind. Yeah. You know, they're very similar. So then you keep building and building, you know, and then... Um, Which I learned in bartending school. See, there's lots of good stuff you can learn in bartending school. And I kind of, like, in the beginning of the... When we first started out, you know, I, I bro- we broke it down like that, but I added a little more. And just the, what, what you should do is really, man, is take these drinks, put them to index cards, and use acronyms. That's how bartending schools teach people. So very simple. If what people don't understand what acronyms, if you take a Cape Cod, vodka, cranberry, I use Vicky's Cute, vodka, cranberry. Mm-hmm. A Madras, Vicky over Cindy. <laughs> 
you know, vodka, orange juice, cranberry. Mm-hmm. So you understand. So and you, you make them where, the, whether they're outrageous or they're simple, where you remember them. I know that works great for you, and it'll work great for lots of people. To me personally, I just find it one extra thing that I have to memorize, but that's just me. I feel like there's only so much that could fit inside my brain. The key here is you commit these drinks to memory. You know, we talk about, you know, anyone can make drinks. If you're taking the time to commit these drinks to memory, Mm -hmm. it is huge. Yeah. This is what's going to be impressive. Yeah. You know, and you utilize YouTube. We talk, like, for the sour. See how that's made. Right. How it's, you know, the short shake and to visualize that. And then you can also go to bartenders now. You have the drinks laid out in front of you. You memorize them. If you have specific questions, you go to a bartender with a high-gain question, make sure you tip. Mm -hmm. And what you talk about, invest in a bottle. Practice pouring. That's what the kid talked about in the email. He bought a bottle and he started. And and a pour. He bought a bottle and a pour. And he just practiced, practiced, practiced. That's the way to do it. And for a tip to get a bottle of booze, it's like where you work. Go to any bar, throw $5 down, and I'm sure you get an empty bottle. They got bottles in the garbage. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know. We are we got to turn ours in. The manager counts them at the end of the yeah. night, whatever. But but uh, you get well, get uh whatever. Go <laughs> go better, go get a bottle and drink it, and then yeah. you fill it back up with water. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's plenty of ways to do that. So I mean, I'm just this you know, and I think you know again, this gives you mental endurance knowing these drinks. It gives you confidence because this is what's in it. For me, it's like fatigue makes us cowards. And it's it's and it's enough pressure to be behind the fucking bar, man. Right. But when you don't know how to make a drink, yeah, it's more pressure. But when you do know how to make a drink, it's magic. That's where you that's where you shine. Right. And that, you know, taking time to know these drinks is huge. Mm-hmm. And that's where you know where if someone came up to you and said, uh, "Can I have a um, a bocce ball in a Manhattan?" Mm-hmm. It's huge, you know. So I mean, I you know I went through them. You know, like we talk at work on pouring, commit them to memory. And you're getting familiar now with technique. It's one thing to memorize the drink, but we focus on the shaking mm-hmm. and the pouring, like, you know, the simple drinks. And we also, and this was, you know, Vince really helped me with this, with the soda gun. We have the codes in there. Do you just get familiar with the codes? Like Q is for tonic. Yeah. I think M, anti is for sour mix, depending on where it you depends. work. It depends. They're all different. What's sour so mix on yours? It's a sour. Okay, there you go. Like where we used to work, what was it, M I think or it was, T? I thought it was S. No, maybe L. <laughs> I don't know. It's usually yellow anyway. T, T, T was T was uh, seven up or Sprite. I, like I said, which and, made no sense at all. <laughs> like so where, ask is where ask, we get. Yeah. Ask where we're <laughs> going at. Find out. And the little things like that. Um, style style drinks. I just couldn't resist doing that. An acronym <laughs> that I remember for tequila is um, the, uh, excuse me, not tequila for. Uh, Margarita. Margarita is. <laughs> uh oh. Tough Tina sucks limes. <laughs> <You Okay. know? laughs> Tequila, triple sec, sour milk, lime juice. And also that can be salted. Mm-hmm. And that's another good drink to look at because you can see how to salt the glass. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the, you know, the the rimmer where you can do it, you can yeah. you can go online and it shows you how to do it. Uh, tequila sunrise, like we talk about technique. A uh, tequila sunrise is 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 tequila orange juice. And there's an art in putting the grenadine mm-hmm. in in the the killer sunrise where it looks like a sunrise. Yeah, that's it's your... a couple of drops, and you know, I one day a bartender showed me because I was just just throwing it in there. He's like, "No, drop it, literally yeah. three drops, and then stir it, and then it looks like a sunrise." So I mean, that's where you get to be a little artistic. Yeah, like and that's that. where your flair is. Multiple liquor drinks, 
be very careful because there's a lot of booze. Um, and that's where the short shake comes into place. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that online. Want to explain that, what a short shake is? Basically, it's like a, uh, you make a, um, a amaretto sour. Mm-hmm. You pour the amaretto sour mix. You take a little metal tin, you put it on top of the glass, and you shake it up. And that's how I do it. Yeah. So in other words, you're, you're, you're building the drink in the glass you're going to serve it yep. in. You put a little metal yep. uh, tin on top of that. And shake it up. Shake it, and then you just serve it. So in other, as opposed to some drinks you'll put in a... In a uh, in a tin, and you'll strain it, which is strain it done. out of your out of your pour, which I've, you can do it that way. I've too. seen that, and that's the whole thing about technique. You got to find your flair. That's the, what I'm trying to say. Some bartenders do it differently. I've even gotten lazy and do what's called the roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll just make the sour, which is a bad habit. But I was in a rush a couple times, and I had to do it. But I don't recommend that. But that's my point. There's so many ways of doing things. You know, um, milk drinks have a separate shaker. Mm-hmm. I think as a bartender, well, that that one I roll because I don't want to get milk well, in my. I hate milk drinks. <laughs> yeah, I hate milk drinks, but yeah. you can roll that, you know, which we just ex- and make sure you never spill your milk in your ice because the re- for the rest of the night your drinks are gonna look cloudy. Yep, and it's, <laughs> that's why you need a separate shaker. Yeah, you never use this, what you use to make milk, and just a uh, two things with milk drinks: a toasted almond, which mm-hmm. you, you know when you get to the milk section is a great drink for yeah. someone that doesn't drink. When someone says, I really mm-hmm. don't like to drink, mm-hmm. what would you recommend? Mm-hmm. I learned that in bartending school. Toasted almond is a great drink. And uh, for a white Russian, it's also known as a Caucasian, taken from the movie The Big Lebowski. So you may get someone asking for a what? Caucasian. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So huh. I've, you know, I've, you know, in Big Lebowski. Oh, what? White Russian. White Russians are Caucasian, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, you get that. You <laughs> and know, then people that watch wh- them. While we're on the subject, a, uh, most people will order a Kahlua and milk, but they might also sombrero. refer to it as a sombrero, yes. same, same thing. Yep. Um, we have a section for OG drinks, which uh, I, I think um, my favorite personally. Yeah. We have a little thing on Manhattan, Martinis, and Rob Roy's, you know, FYI. OG, OG just uh, original the Original gangster. Original gangster drinks. You know? <laughs> Old school drinks, you know, and yeah. uh, they should have a separate shaker too. You should have a separate, in my opinion, have a separate mm-hmm. shaker for martinis. And yeah. um, high-end, there was a section for high-end top shelf. And I just have to say that uh, this the drink on there, it's called a Goodnight Kiss. I got this drink from Webtender, and it was a big hit. And basically, it's a champagne flute. You take a sugar cube, drop of uh, bitters, fill it with champagne, and top it with Campari. It's, it's a big hit. So keep that in nice, mind. Nice, classy. And you know I'm you know very dramatic when I put the sugar cube in and put the bitters in. I'm like bam, you know, <laughs> and it just people love it. And then next thing you know, the whole 15, 20 people are ordering it because it's it's just a great drink. Yeah, because you know, everything's you know Cosmos played, Apple Martinis played. Yeah. You get people that want to stand out. That, that's a great drink. So well, enjoy that, those, folks. You know, all the OG drinks are making a huge comeback these days. Uh, my you know? favorite, and that's what you see at these at these oh. cocktail shows and the things that I've been going to. Yep. And what I'm going to see in uh, New Orleans is a lot of these, you know, Negronis and uh, old fashions. Of course, well, not even old fashioned so much as um, Manhattans with the high end vermouths, like we talked yeah, about, yeah. and uh, all these old school drinks are really making a comeback. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I love OG drinks. It's my favorite, and uh, I always got a great, uh, great feedback, and uh, you know, in return when I made those. So. Yeah, well, that's very the passionate about stuff. that. Man, this book, um, where is it? I just brought it. In. The uh, it's Craft of the Cocktail by Dale DeGroff, and uh, it gives great history about how um, 
the golden age of the cocktail before prohibition, the bartenders were so um, ingrained in society. You know, people used to hang out in bars and the politicians used to hang out in the bars to try to influence people. You know, it's like it's the history of America's and this book gets so funny, man. <laughs> and then prohibition came and then being a bartender was like kind of shady because it wasn't uh, the real professional ones. It's like a left. drug dealer back then, right? Yeah. Well, the real and the real professional ones, a lot of them left and went to Cuba or France and um, continued their craft, but in America it became, you know, not... not so, yeah, it was backroom stuff, you know. Mm. So it's... um, I, I really recommend this book. Did you read it? I, I'm not even a third of the way done with it yet. Wow. But I'm I'm going cover to cover, you know. It's you great. read that on the plane, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And it's got, you know, and it's got a lot of the old, old school drinks in here too. Um, Harry's Cocktail. Look at that. Mint, sweet vermouth, absinthe, gin... And a stuffed olive. That sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> he served as a somebody. Hey, man. Great stuff in there. It's unbelievable. Highly recommend. You know, I, I, you know, it's weird, man. Like you talked about how the show inspired you. and it's, it's inspiring me. And it's making me realize that, you know, and people need to realize that there's no easy way in, in what we, you know, in anything. Any great thing in life, if you want it, there's no easy way. The easy way is the hard way. There's no shortcuts. It's not like the Matrix where you take a pill and you become a kick-ass bartender or, <laughs> you know, drink an energy drink and you're ready to rock and roll. You know, it's uh, it's hard work. And hard work beats talent. Would you agree? Mm, yeah, All absolutely. Right? And uh, it comes back to energy and persistence. Ben mm. Franklin style. Mm-hmm. Energy and persistence. You know, it's funny. Um, and I know you can relate to this. Throughout the years of me working, I've had uh, some some peak modes, peak moments where you know I, I, I was killing it and I was crushing it as a bartender, uh-huh. and I made it look cool and yeah. I made it look easy because right. I you know I, I reached that point. And there were many times where people came up to me and they would they would say, "Hey, you know, I want to bartend. How did you do that? You know," yeah. and I would never give a stock answer. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to help people. To this day, if I can help somebody, I, it's karma. Mm. And I would say, you know, come back to me in three minutes, four minutes. And I would devote like two, three minutes to this conversation. And I would get a feel to see, you know, what it is, what's their situation? Are they going to bartending school? And majority of the time, it was people that couldn't afford bartending school. And I was like, no problem. This is what you do. And I could within, and I would even write drinks down on cocktail napkins. Mm-hmm. I would like really try to help sure. this person. And I could tell within, within, Three minutes into the conversation, or mm-hmm. two minutes, that mm-hmm. the curtain went down, and they just they didn't want it. They thought I was going to say, "Okay, go to Vanos Bartending School <laughs> for two weeks, or just a weekend, and you're and you're ready to rock." So, you know, what I believe, right? What we mm-hmm. do is when you step on that bar, it's a stage. Yeah, and that's why I made it look easy. And I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts when I work, it, it, I'm performing. Right. And there's been nights and there's moments where you have fans, you have groupies. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy as that sounds. No, you reach that point where you you have that, and it's it's magical. And this guy or this girl that will, that would have over the years that that asked me these questions about how to become a bartender, they weren't there when I didn't make it look cool. When oh, I sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gotcha. When I was booed off stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. When I was so fucking nervous, uh-huh. my hands were shaking, I couldn't even make a cocktail, <laughs> that it took a lot of trial and error, rising and falling to reach that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where I was able to just fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. 
Well. I mean, you, you can relate to that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, I know what you mean. That's, those are the best moments when you're, when you're really on your game. You talked about how, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to comment in on, say, uh, you, always, you say you always wanted to help people. That was your whole uh, inspiration for even wanting to start this show in the beginning. So, uh, and how long did we talk about that? <laughs> two little, years. Probably two years. Two yeah. fucking years of going back and forth. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and trying to figure out the right format, the right, uh, the right plan. So it's uh it's been cool. I gotta say, man, in in bartending and life, there's no endpoint. You know what I mean? Mm. You this cocktail book that you re- you know just showed. I mean that yeah. just that's the proof in the pudding. Yeah. And no endpoint. You know I I learned that really early in martial arts. Like the best martial arts that I always looked up to were the guys that just kept training. That would get their black belt. And you know one guy one time explained to me that the purpose of the black belt is to wear it where it, it gets withered back to a white belt. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like real <laughs> deep shit that you just you just keep on training and training. And in bartending, you need thick skin. And um, it's a tough business. It's a, it's a, it's a cutthroat business. Let's, mm-hmm. not, let's not make it sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Chris brought it up in his, uh, in his email to us, expect to get fired. Have that mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to develop the right mind. And yeah. you, you got to kill your ego in this industry. And I, I want to, you know, I, I want to just say that you got to ask yourself this. Do you give as much energy to your dreams and your goals as you do to your fears and insecurities? Meditate on that. Hmm. Because that really, at the end of the day, you, you, your dreams and goals should outweigh the nameless monsters that are in our fucking heads. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we're only here for a short amount of time. Nice. Let's kick ass. I like that. And, uh, you know, you inspired me with the toast. Oh, in last week's show? All right. And uh, I'll give a toast that I learned bartending. Okay. To our wives and girlfriends. Hope they never meet. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Salute. All right. Well, we'll be back to you shortly. Uh, as I say, I'm going to Tales of the Cocktail. I'm there right now as you're listening to this. So uh, we'll come up to Vince, man. Introduce yourself. Yeah, do that. Hopefully, uh, yeah. If you're if you're down there, get in touch. You know uh, how to get in touch with me, right? Vince.bartender at gmail.com or on Twitter at barkeeptips. And uh, I can't wait to tell you all about my adventures in New Orleans next time. And don't forget about our website, Bartender Journey, no space dash or anything, dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Check that out. You can find those drink recipes we were talking about earlier in this show on that site. And maybe I'll even try to post some pictures while I'm down in New Orleans of cool events. Or on Instagram, uh, bartender journey, no space dash or anything on Instagram. And, uh, I'll post some pictures from New Orleans on that. That's a little easier than posting on the website. It'd be cool if there was a way to do it from Instagram directly to the website. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, anyway, that's it. And you can, you know how to reach me at Twitter, Vance Vano. And my email is bartender2222 at gmail.com. And I want to thank Chris again from Miami because it really inspired me. Because that is my goal, your email, sir. How you broke it down, that, that is our purpose. And uh, keep plugging us. And uh, it's an organic movement. We're locally grown. So we want to spread it and be a stamp for this cerebral bartender. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, cheers. We'll see you next time. Salute.